we're back. Hey everyone, I'm Gabrielle. And I'm Dan. And welcome to another episode of Millenniating. Which, if you watch our most recent video, uh, Gabby spelled it completely correctly. On the first try, oh, too. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-T-I-N-G. Yay. We're going to have to like record a song. It's we like, need a song that spells it out. Pretty much. That's it. Yeah. And we need to just repeat it 20 times <laughs> until everyone can spell it, including us. <laughs> so in honor of it being um, the beginning of September, which for most people means this week or last week was your first week of school, first day of school was had. So our topic today is back to school. Yeah, we just had Labor Day. So in Pennsylvania, that means that school officially started for students today yeah most of them labor day was yesterday for us yeah um so that's that's a pennsylvania rule not every state does that i don't think every i don't think every pennsylvania school does that either uh most of the public schools go back to like a it was an old rule yeah a lot of the public schools do yeah but a lot of private schools some private schools started last week yeah they're they're open to their own um rules and if you're a college student you probably went back two weeks ago ago. (laughs) like a month ago yeah and uh, if you're me, you're never going to go back to school ever again. Hey. <laughs> so, um, so obviously back to school comes with a lot of like, at least for me, sometimes the back, the back to school season is a combination of some really good memories and some very traumatic PTSD episodes. <laughs> so I have some facts here, some little factoids. Because we got to bring something new to the table. Because if all those kids are learning today, you are going to get some knowledge too. (laughs) Um, So this year, there are about 56.6 million students attending elementary, secondary, and high school. That's Um, crazy. Yeah. 5.8 million of those are attending private schools, which leaves like a little over 50 million attending public school and that's just in the u.s that's yeah that's us the big us the big us (laughs) uh that's the highest enrollment ever reported for public schools so we have more kids in school (laughs) overpopulation is an issue i wonder i would love for someone that wants to do more research than me to find out if this is a growing population issue or if this is like education being offered to people that didn't have it before. I wonder if there were people that were like technically being homeschooled but just weren't given access to education. Oh, uh, those are good. That's a good point. See, I I was genuinely just considering the growth of population. Well, you know, my brain considers angles that might be pure fantasy, but I'm like, <laughs> well, it's possible. I want to know. <laughs> I, I have so many hypotheses. Always the optimist. <laughs> it's just, I, my brain doesn't turn off. So, I yeah, I'm just curious about those things. So if anyone wants to look into that for me, because I, I really, I want to think about it, but I don't want to do the, the legwork for that one. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, too? Like, so those numbers are enormous. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my high school had a, we had a relatively large graduating class. Um, my year, I think we were around three 
I don't even know, actually. I shouldn't even guess the number because I have no idea. But we were a relatively large graduating class, and um, this was before our high schools actually had to split and make a whole new building to make enough room for all of the children. Yeah. And I thought, like, you think, like, one school district is a lot of people, you know, or you go to, like, a sports event mm-hmm. and the number of kids you see and stuff, but there's, I mean, children outnumber adults, like, one and a half to one. Is that true? I have no idea. That's a yes, man. <laughs> Numbers. Um, I, I think it, I actually think it might be, it's, I think children do actually outnumber adults right now. I think those numbers are going to change though, because our generation is having significantly less kids. But that is a totally different topic. Well, that's true. And people are living longer. Mm-hmm. That's so, true too. So that is might, a totally different topic that maybe I'll take the time to look up <laughs> stats for eventually. But along with happy and traumatic memories, you know, back to school tends to mean finances. Cool. Um, oh, so you want to, you want some money? Yeah. Tell me what the government spends put it on. Out there. Uh, by the way, I, I want to give credit where credit's due. This is coming from the National Center for Education Statistics. So if anything is wrong, blame them. Uh, uh, so the projected expenditure for public school students. How much money they're going to spend? Yeah. 13440 per student is the projected amount. Um, and that's an average. Some school districts will spend and less, some will spend more. And that's for grade school, right? This is for public school. Public grade school, right? Thir- this is including high school. Right, right. Yeah. But so that's like that's like a really good deal on a college semester right there. <laughs> it's what that price is. Oh, right. That's like in-state living at home prices for college tuition. Um, yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> that's that's $680 billion, it's a little bit more, uh, projected for the, the school year. Billion with a B. With a B. Uh, now... I broke that down by nine months because most schools have a nine-month school year. Yeah. Um, so that's about $75.8 billion per month spent on students. And somehow it's not enough. I mean... No, it's, having, it's really not enough. Having taught in schools that were struggling, um, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done outside of just spending for each student. I mean... Our, our country's in need of some overhaul on infrastructure. Oh, big At, time. Just like uh, the school district of Philadelphia, they did a, a review of like the different needs of the school buildings, ranging from like they need to be painted to all the way to like they need new heaters, like mm-hmm. new boilers because they were out of warranty and unsafe in some schools are ones that could probably explode at any second, um, which happens, which is terrifying. Right. Um, so it was like, it was billions of dollars just for this school district. I believe the Philly school district is the largest school district in I, the U S. Th- um, I, oh, I don't know that because US, it, but... I think it is because it spans the entire city. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of either other cities are smaller or they're broken down into like a West City school district and East City school district. Right. A lot have multiple districts within them where where Philly is all one right now. Right. But yet just 
for building upgrades. It was billions of dollars. I'm sure. And then even if you... And so that's, that's just money that needs to be spent on the buildings. Right. That's not even to considering... To for children to be there. Right. So you're not even considering... Before they even get to pencils and books the and technology. Ugh. Right. And what's... What's unfortunate is, you know, that is a, that's a publicly funded school, I mean, like most schools are, and mm-hmm. it's generally underfunded. But even in schools like, you know, our local couple school districts where they're, you know, considered higher quality school districts that get good tax money from those mm-hmm. who live around them, even then, like, there was one year where they could provide us with our own vocabulary books and one year where they couldn't. And there was, you know, elementary school teachers are asking kids to bring in extra pens and crowns and notebooks so that, you yeah. know, they have extra stuff for the kids who can't afford it. And that's, all that stuff is still happening in in wealthier school districts, which I think just further goes to show that it's a it's an overall fundamental thing not just socioeconomically yeah there's a when it comes to to increasing taxes and things like that it's always more it's always safer for someone running for like a small office to promise no raise to taxes because people that like let's be honest me and you paying into school taxes when we don't have kids that go to school it seems like a tax that doesn't benefit us, even though I think we both know that it does. Oh, like, yeah. But for people that are older, their kids are out of school, um, or people that don't have kids, they see this tax raise for something that's not going to immediately benefit them, and they're like, mm, no, vote against that. So it's something that's hard to to convince people of. Which is unfortunate, because, you know, like... If, if each year I got my tax forms at the end of the year and it showed me exactly how much money went to each thing that my taxes go mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? If it broke that down for me and I saw that, like, one of the higher percentages is to, is to like, my local school districts, I'd be totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of other things I'd be like, I'd rather it go to the schools, you know? And and it's it's that concept of you know wanting to support the environment around you too that you're right a lot of people don't have you know and I know like right now I you know I work in the city so I pay city wage taxes and I pay my local taxes but what's really nice about Philadelphia right now is I can physically see excuse me physically see a lot of the changes that are happening you know it it might not seem it from the outside but like there are more blocks getting paved and pipes getting replaced and you know when i walk from the train to the city i see that so like yeah it sucks that i'm paying double the taxes but at least i know hopefully have a concept of what some what is happening with some of it Mm -hmm. you know and i'm i'm okay with that um so with that, <laughs> financially, back to school always meant back to school shopping. Right. Which some years I loved and some years I hated. Ooh, do tell. I, I, seventh grade, I just stuttered really badly. Seventh grade was probably my favorite back to school shopping year because we needed to get a trapper keeper. Seventh and eighth grade, we needed trapper keepers and they needed to have three rings inside of it. And I am the 
queen of like one trips. Like if I go grocery shopping, I will put everything on me. I don't care if I lose a finger. I will, I will only make one trip from my car to the house. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same way about my locker and my backpack and all that stuff. I wanted one thing that I could carry on everywhere. So needing Trapper Keepers was like a godsend. So then you sat and you took the budget mom gave you and you looked at the different types and you're like, okay, this one has extra pockets, but this one has a be- an extra built-in like pencil holder. This one's got double-sided three rings so I can divide up my classes even more. And it was like... It was like exciting. It was like buying a dress with pockets on it. (laughs) Um, So I loved that. Yeah, I don't fully remember all of the back to school shopping. Ever? I I really don't. I mean, I remember going to schools, but I think now I have adult back to school shopping because I taught for five years. Oh yeah. So and that's very different. That's totally different. Cause you're not buying for yourself as much. Yeah. You're like, you're like I got to hit this staples every day and buy the <laughs> maximum amount of 25 cent notebooks. Right. Right. And right. Like, how many boxes of pencils can I buy and then hide yeah. because I uh, don't want to let my 600 students a week know that I have <laughs> 600 pencils pencils, because they will keep them it's crazy how like I feel like pens and pencils in grade school like grade and high school was like socks in the dryer oh my god like they just they They just vanished but you would also find them all the time and I remember being in high school and like watching teachers pick things up off the floor and like throw them out and then being pencils and just being like why didn't you save that? It was mechanical, yes. you know, like, and being devastated have, when they did that. I've totally seen, like, students that were cleaning up, like, with a little, like, broom and dustpan, and they just dustpan all these crayons and pencils from the floor and then dump them right in, and I'm like, <gasps> You're like, oh, no. the stuff. <laughs> that pencil was only halfway sharpened. <laughs> that crap. That had a, that had a few new workbook pages in it it was just still... cracked oh, no. <laughs> yeah no, like, that, that tip was just broken. that hurts when uh when you're spending like i like you go on amazon you drop 25 bucks on pencils every single time you go on amazon because you're right. just like i need this like 200 count box and it's, it's gonna be gone in a day i think it's really funny how certain back to school or school habits that we had or were you know forced into us as kids migrate to adulthood like the pencils and pens thing especially as like a nurse or like a teacher or even like a swim coach on deck like if you find a random pen or pencil you pick that shit up and put it in your pocket that is your pen now Mm -hmm. and you now have an extra pen Mm -hmm. and it's like gold you know or those rare occasions where you were allowed to pick your seat for class and you would wind up just you know and then that was your seat for the school year and then you start going to college where you can sit anywhere you want every day and you pick the same seat over and over again have you ever like like during college did you ever sit in somebody's seat no in like a non-assigned seat setting no and And i was 100 percent that person (laughs) That would walk down to the aisle if you were sitting in my seat and just like look at you and then look at my friends and be like, guess I got to go find another seat. Yep. That was me. 
Yeah, I would be the person that if, if you did that to me, I'd be like, guess so. Oh, oh, especially if it's like, like it's different if it's like I the first. I got today. <laughs> it's, it's different if it's like the first couple weeks of school, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like even I have to figure out based on the teacher how close or how far I need to sit and blah, 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 and then cell service and, you know, Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But <laughs> if it's like three months into the school year, right? Like you start in August, and we are now in we are now in November, wrapping things up. And I have sat in the exact same seat every single day without an issue. And all of a sudden, somebody is there. It drives me bonkers, and it actually throws me off like my day completely because I've been so attuned to learning from that angle set up a certain way on that desk and now when you move me bugging you right and then you're and then you're like okay what seat's not already taken especially if you have no idea who that person is or where their seat was you know so I was that person that would have to stand in the back of the classroom to like most people came in and then I would pick an empty seat because uh, I didn't want to be that asshole yeah no I just sat down where if I knew someone there, I just immediately went and sat next to someone. But if I didn't know anyone, I was just like, get as close as possible. Right, which makes sense, again, in the first couple Especially weeks. Especially with my vision. <laughs> <laughs> my glasses are, like, super strength prescription. So but, like, just, like, being closer was nice. Somebody did that to one of my other classmates during nursing school, and it was not the person that you wanted to, you know... They were the kind of classmate that you, you know, you stay friendly to, stay on their good side kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And they went and sat in their seat and she was like, excuse me, like I've been sitting there and the, the girl who sat in her seat was like, oh, I just wanted to change things up today. And I swear I watched smoke come out of my classmate's <laughs> ear when she said that. She was like, ah, I didn't want to switch things up today. <laughs> oh, the drama. The drama. I mean, but... Picking your seat was always better than getting an assigned seat, yeah. especially in elementary school, because then there was the chance of getting assigned next to, like, your bully or the yeah. boy you like or, you know, the neighbor that's, like, obsessed with you and you want to get, or, like, not neighbor, but, like, kid from the bus stop or whatever that, like, bothers you and you share a class with and, you know, or that kid that's obsessed with you that you don't want to be near or maybe you're the obsessor and that person <laughs> doesn't want to be near you. I definitely, I think most of us had, like, the alphabetical seating, so you would pretty much become friendly with people whose last names were close to yours. Yep. <laughs> and for, like, a few years in a row, you're just like, oh, I have sat next to you for three years. Yep. We're friends by association. Yeah, last name. pretty much. That's, uh, that's actually how I know a lot of, how I knew a lot of my classmates in the beginning. And then there were always those random teachers. Most teachers do the rows or something, mm -hmm. or they do pairs in rows. <laughs> there was always this occasional teacher that did, like, the cluster of four facing each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Desk, and then you're like, God, tables. God damn it. Like, oh, I, love those. I don't want to look at this person, you know? <laughs> Ugh. Oh, see, I it's a socializing thing. I love the four the four tables. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. During school, especially if you were clumped together with four people that like, or three people you don't like or don't like you. I... I was bullied a lot in elementary school. I Most of my memories are traumatic. <laughs> don't have that many traumatic memories because I've always just tried to get along with it. People, like, I don't know, I have this 
this philosophy that like everyone has something I can enjoy. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. However, I don't think a lot of people gave me that opportunity. Hmm. Like I can admit looking back on my childhood that I was, and still am today, loud, obnoxious, overly friendly, and will just start talking to the people around me, whether they've started talking to me first or not. And in adulthood, it pans out to be kind of normal, like you're just considered, you know, a friendly person. But in elementary school, it's, oh my god, why are you bothering me? You know, like kids don't compute always. So I was, I was bullied a lot. Look, I was a tiny little flamboyant Jewish kid who had physical Tourette's and was <laughs> obsessed with Pokemon. I, by all rights, I should have been bullied every day. Right, but you had your own little clan I of did. kids I, just like you. But I was friends with, like, I considered most of the people there my friends. And I just was always, like, smiling and associating with different people. And yeah, somehow no, it I, worked out for me. I tried to be that way. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was, you know, like, I'll say it again, I was bullied really badly. Um, I was that, definitely that kid that went to the nurse's office a lot in elementary school with a headache or a stomach ache. And looking back, it was definitely me just wanting to not be in school anymore. And physical anxiety symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I very yeah. distinctly remember going to my nurse's office frequently, and it would get to the point where she'd just be like, here's a Tums, go back to class. <laughs> And I would, like, drop it on the floor on my way out and not eat it because I didn't like them then. And now I think they're a delicious medication. But that's just a uh. thing. Um, you know, I was always like, Mom, I don't feel good in the morning. Like, I never wanted to go to school. I don't think I wanted to go. Like, my my biggest problem with school is waking up. No, mine was that's, specifically to avoid people. Mine is in the morning, I don't want any contact with anybody. Like, and I never have, and I possibly never will. It's like, that is my time, and I don't want to interact for the first, like, at least hour of being awake, if I can avoid it. Okay. So, waking up, having to get ready, go to school, that whole process was the worst part of my day. And then once I was at school, I was fine. I loved being there, and then, you know, you go home, you busy yourself with other things and then I never wanted to go to sleep probably because it meant that I would have to eventually wake up, up and again. do that part again <laughs> like uh, you know you 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 put sleep off because you don't want to interact you don't want that morning time right and then it makes you more tired and, in the right morning. it makes it worse but at least not I still do that <laughs> let's be honest not all of my school memories are bad at least um most of elementary school are um one time I was on the playground at recess and one of my classmates dared me to do a flip off the monkey bars and it like you would lay on top of them grab your hands underneath and flip down so you were hanging Uh uh and I was like okay and I did it but my hand slipped Uh and I landed flat like belly flop onto the the uh what are they called? The wood chips? Yeah, the chips. Because they weren't rubber then. Right, right. They were still wood. And that's the first time I've ever had the wind knocked out of me. It was like second grade. Mm-hmm. And I just remember laying on the ground going, 
no. And the kid was like, oh my god, you're such a baby. Get up. It didn't hurt that bad. And like, I genuinely could not breathe. Well, yeah, that you know, child was the probably wind gets knocked terrified you. that you were hurt and then get in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, uh. and the recess aide comes over and goes, what's going on? Oh my god. And I'm right. like, I'm like, that was awful. You know, yeah, but... It was funny. I, I still see this. Like, some parents and teachers will, like, see someone get hurt, and then everyone associated with the actions that led to it is, like, automatically in trouble. And I'm just like, they probably had less to do with it than you think. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it was, was, like, an intentional thing. Like, a lot right. of times it's just kids being kids and like that's a teachable moment to all of them of, yeah don't do that again you see what happens right instead of like why would you do that like, yeah and I wasn't mad mm. at the kid for it happening I was mad at the fact that he was laughing at me I right. remember who it was too but I'm not gonna say yeah, no, but... no we don't need to break up but I remember crystal 20, clear 20 year old Scars. Twenty year old scars. <laughs> Isn't that just what we do on this show already? <laughs> Bring up is, is that the point? episodes of PTSD. <laughs> that, that can be our second podcast. <laughs> our sidecast. Com- Complaining. I uh I did love uh sixth grade was a lot of fun. We went on a trip to the Baltimore Aquarium mm-hmm. and we made giant like we made life size paper mummies. That were supposed to be designed to look like ourselves. And I stapled mine backwards. And I remember that very vividly for reasons I don't know. Um, That was also the first show that I ever got cast as a lead in. And in elementary school for us, the way that they would announce who got the roles was they would, it would be the last day of school before winter break. You'd be going home to get ready for Christmas and to not be in school. Mm -hmm. And they did it. Right, right before bus call, and the show was Grease, and so they're like, "All right, you know, we're gonna announce our characters, blah blah blah." And of course, they do the leads last, so mm-hmm. they're announcing all the smaller roles. And I'm not getting like I really wanted to be Frenchy. That was the character I really wanted. I really wanted to be Frenchy. And then the girl that they cast as Frenchy, it was really funny because she was not like that at all she was monotone and she was like she just wasn't the bubbly character that Frenchie was right so they get through those and you know they announce Kaniki and then they go and for Rizzo Gabrielle Bilardo I fell over because I was so shocked I didn't fall over but I was like (gasps) and like lost my balance because I couldn't believe it and everybody else was really shocked too and it's extra funny because Rizzo's the not so nice character Mm -hmm. which is not who I was at all and so then uh, um I fell in love with theater yeah so you know why they uh announce it the day before winter break right no I don't is that a thing oh yeah, yeah oh so what's the thing uh you announce it before a break so that uh, you get to leave and you don't get any helicopter parents complaining to you at school the next day. You get the whole break to just accumulate those emails. (laughs) You give them time to cool off and then you can respond. Hey, oh, everyone had a great audition. Uh, We we had a panel of of, uh, people watching, of, of qualified 
theater teachers. Twelve of our theater teachers. And uh, we picked people as best as we could. That's to, hysterical. For the role that goes with, and you, you, you know, you put out that positivity. I didn't know you, that was yeah, a thing. Because if you do it on like, like imagine a Monday, if you put your cast list out on a Monday, and then there's four days that you have to see all of those students after that. <laughs> uh, all of the kids that did not get their dream role are going to be crying or angry. Like, it's it's so emotional when you don't get something that you, like, worked hard to, it, to it, it practice is. for. You're 100% correct about that. And you need some time to let those emotions settle. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just necessary. So what's a positive memory that you have from school? Oh, I, you know, I enjoyed school for the most part. Nerd. Um, just yeah, kidding. I, I liked I was, learning. I was totally a nerd. <laughs> um, I, I, I kept myself so busy, though, that, like, I was that, like, jack-of-all-trades, master of, like, not, none. Master of none. I don't want to say none, but, like, master of, like, very, very little bit. That's how I was. Um, I did a lot of things all the time. Yeah, I was in everything music that I could possibly be in. Um, I mean, I have so many good music memories. As a dude who sang, I had a very high chance of getting the role in a musical that I wanted. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, my, my senior year, we did Fame. Oh. And I was the character Shlomo. Who is a violin playing Jew that sings? He is. And I was like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm a violin playing Jew that sings. <laughs> so I got to play my violin on stage. Oh, that's um, awesome! I didn't know you played the violin. Yeah, that was my first instrument. Aww, um, baby steps. Yeah, it was. So that was something. That was a lot of fun, kind of just getting to be the dramatized version of myself on stage. I know it's so cliche. But senior year truly was my favorite year of pre-college school. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you do a lot of cool trips in elementary school and everything, but between, you know, prom and senior trip and, you know, most of us made a decent deal out of that final fall formal and um, most of your classes are lighter unless you're one of those kids that are taking 14 APs, which, you know, we had those students. I was not one of them. Oh, I didn't understand those. Yeah. I mean, I was like my sister and a lot of my friends were all about the AP classes and I was... I, I mean, I took one. I was lucky that my sister did it first because I got to see the amount of stress she went through for it and the, the very little reward that it gave. Right. I don't... I do not suggest AP to anyone and I... I would, took one and I did it. Probably get in trouble in the teaching world. And for it was hard. That, but... And I barely passed the AP exam, but I did. You know, like I got the three that I Which needed one to did get you take? credit. Psych. AP That's what psych. I took. I did take AP yeah. psych. And I think the only reason I did actually take that one was because there was something about the AP calc at the time didn't fully cover college calc one, and I knew I'd have to take calc one eventually. So like there was no point in doing like the AP analysis or calc mm -hmm. AB or whatever. Um, and psych seemed interesting, and I was told it was like the easiest AP course in high school. I so I took it. Yes, and I it was, was interesting. I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved learned psych. a lot. I don't paper test well though, so that was my big. 
forget that. <laughs> How are we so opposite? That. I'm a very applied learner. I think there's a logic to paper tests that I understand. There's a logic for sure. Yeah. I just I... don't do well with the planar views. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially like, you know, I, I I don't know. I didn't do well with like straight memorization. Like I could, I could explain, like I did really well with math because mm-hmm. you could work it out. Yeah. Math was mostly was not linear, even though there's such a thing as linear math. Usually most of the time in algebras and stuff like that, there were more, there's more than one way to start or you can rearrange your problem or look at it differently to help you figure it out. And I did good with those. I didn't do good with word problems, but that's because I don't test well that way. <laughs> but, uh, I know your strengths. Yeah. But um, uh, senior I, I think what made senior year the best year for me was I had finally, like, figured out who in high school, like, I genuinely was close with. Like, I had this little group of friends, and I had my best friend, and, you know, I had those couple people that I still interact with today that I spent time with and had enough classes with senior year or enough occurrences that I just didn't, I wasn't worried about the things that worried me every other year. Who was I going to sit next to in class? Who was I going to eat lunch with? Who this, who am I going to sit on with the bus and blah, blah, blah. Because by senior year, you don't care. It's the last time you're going to be with all of these strangers. Usually you figure out some way to see your friends. And then I also had an awesome teacher for acting class who taught a lot of the English classes who let me and my friends get away with murder. (laughs) And it was wonderful. Shout out to Miss HL. Thanks for constantly supporting me and your students. She's like, she's an amazing teacher. I could talk about a lot of my teachers. Um, But HL is really the one who let me get away with a lot of stuff senior year. I had so... So I shouldn't even say that. Like it's, like, it's not like she, like, you know, let me be bad. She would just write me late passes, is what I should say. <laughs> I don't want somebody to, like, listen to this and be like, what did Houston Ligman get you in trouble for? Right. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> she let you stay a little late. And she let, late right, she let me class. hang out a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> she let me come hey, down to her room early. Like, stuff like that. You did just fine being late to that next class. I passed. I never had detention. Yeah. I never caused trouble. So. Right. I... My senior year, I, I realized when I was making my schedule um, that we did not need another math class. Mm-hmm. I had done like the, you know, I looked at the, the things you need for your high school diploma and I had fulfilled all my math credits. Oh. So I didn't take one. <laughs> I replaced it with music theory and it is probably still one of the best ideas because, I think there were a lot of kids that did that in our high oh, school. I, I had just like, gotten so tired of just forcing more math into my head because, like, I'm I'm very good at doing math in my head. Uh-huh. But, like, once it got into calculus and just memorizing all of the different formulas, that I, I had no interest in. So it was so hard for me. I was very, very good at all forms of algebra. And I was good at geometry, which I know is a combination that's very rare. It's usually like you're good at geometry, bad at algebra, or you're bad at algebra, good at algebra and bad at geometry. I was one of those people that was good at both, but I I hated geometry. I hated calculus because calculus took the reality of algebra and the imaginary of geometry, put them together, put them in a martini shaker, 
shook them up, and then dumped them all over the floor like 52 pickup. And, and said, it didn't Here you go. <laughs> Figure it out. And Doesn't it matter, though, because none of it's real. Oh, my God. Um, and I hated that. Yeah, I, I got tired of it because it wasn't... I didn't see the applications for me, and I still, like... Yeah, I use algebra all the time. Oh, I use all the geometry time, yeah. quite algebra. often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved trigonometry too, which yes. is super weird because that's yes. not something you ever use. But it was the like triangles. It but trig was like it was like a logic puzzle. Yes, you know what exactly. I mean? Because there were all the, the way the different things, and then you would simplify it and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I loved it because it was a puzzle that you fig- you figured out, and right. there was a clear right answer. But the way to get there, what you know, like. Like how oh. some people build regular pu- puzzles, sane people start with the border, not sane people don't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's still those, you know, there's still the two different ways, but. Yeah. <laughs> I loved, oh, what was it called? Proofs. In, <gasps> in, geometry, in geometry, I loved proofs. Where you just had to, like, write the The, the proof. steps to you, figure oh it my out. God, every step, and you're like, this is what this says, and here's why proofs. it works, and this is what this says. That was, like... That was so much fun. I got really lucky with my geometry teacher, who mm-hmm. was great, because I did initially struggle with proofs, because I could figure out how to get there, but I struggled with naming what each step was, um, or I would struggle with what the first step was, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she was like, just write it backwards then, you know? Like, just right. put in the steps that you know and then fill in the blank later. And so that's what I would do. I would take lined paper, and I would skip lines so that I could go back and write steps in, and eventually mm-hmm. I figured it out and I really appreciated her taking the time to explain a different way for me to look at it because especially with subjects like math you know a lot of kids have trouble looking at it one way mm-hmm. you know um I would always have kids that came to me in like um like this as a teacher um when it would be like a non like if I was staying after for a club or something and a kid was doing their homework there They'd be like, hey, I'm having a lot of trouble with this math. And I'd be like, oh, well, where did you start? And they would explain it to me. And I know, like, the way we learned math and the way that kids are taught math now is a little different. The Common Core math breaks it down into different steps, and it gives kids different options of how to approach a topic. Oh, good. Um, Which, yes, it's good. But sometimes it skips like a logic step. Right. So it's sometimes it's so literal that it skips something that's like, oh, just think of it this way and it works. Right, um, right. Or it confuses kids that that understand it the first way. You know. It's, yeah. I, I think that sums up very well the the problem with like standardized testing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so didn't do well on do my things. SATs because I don't think that. Like, I did well on math, but in my week subjects, I don't think, when it comes to, like, reading and writing and literature and stuff like that, I don't think straight, and I always struggled with, like, the commas and the sem, you know, and all that stuff, and I, I knew some, but not all, and uh, standardized testing really screwed me over in that department, you know? I did amazing on my papers, but then when it came to, like, when, when I'm speaking when I sit down to write a paper in my head I speak like a Brit like I have like an English accent and I speak really <laughs> like proper. properly which leaves my papers grammatically correct but then yeah. when you throw a sentence in front of me and you're like what's the error I'm like oh that sounds fine yeah <laughs> I'm like, I don't know uh, what to do with this I well <laughs> it depends what the error is for me I 
catch people on adverbs all the time. That's my thing. Like, it bugs me a little bit when people don't add an ly to their adverbs. I've just started. I just make up a lot of adverbs. Yeah. <laughs> if it's an action and I don't know what the actual verb is for it, I add an ly to some adjective or yeah. noun and call it a day. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, that makes more sense than just not adding an ly to a regular adverb, right? <laughs> like, I know when we're speaking, it makes sense that we, like, we don't always have to say it. Right. When you're you speaking, understand. there's that extra level of, like, tone and expression right. that you can you figure out what things. they mean. But when it's written down and you can just look at it and you're like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. You're like, sometimes I, like, get those illustrations in my head of, like, um, like, if it says something without an L-Y, it changes the meaning of it. And mm-hmm. I, I brought this up, and so now I should have an example, right? But in my brain, they all just left me, so... Well, that's fine. I'll come back to that. <laughs> Why don't we talk about the Hollywood favorite topic of high school? What kind of backpack are you going to bring? <laughs> well, now high school, some high schools have to do clear backpacks, which is interesting. And yeah. I think it's an invasion of privacy. I understand... And I actually, you know, I like I understand the concept, but like, it's you know, ignoring what if you don't want to share your gum? Problem. Honestly, that was my biggest concern with a clear backpack. If I have snacks or something, and somebody sees it, and it's like, can I have some? And you're like, what? What are you talking? Like, you can't hide stuff in your backpack. See, I especially gum. Gum carried a whole lunch box with me to every class, and I ate a snack in every class. <laughs> Except for there was like one class that my teacher was just like smells bug me so none of you are allowed to eat she's like she was like i can't say that you're allowed to eat pretzels because i can't smell them and then if someone opens doritos i'm going to be gagging while teaching you so none of you are allowed to eat that's interesting that was like you know i just i respected that one time she, she did tell us too like she she understood she was like if you really need to eat like, let me know, and you can go stand in the hallway and eat that for five minutes, and then come back in and catch up. Like, my, uh, my... she was totally fine with that, but we just, it was a, a thing with her. <laughs> but, but yeah, every other teacher was just like, who cares? Are you learning? Yes. We had okay, a, eat. we, I think our school was mostly half and half, and then again, it depended on your grades. Some teachers were strict on freshmen, and then let seniors this do whatever they school, want. This was high school, so... Middle school is totally different. Well, no, I mean, like, some are, we were, at least we were, like, pretty split in the high school, too. Yeah. Um, I did very distinctly remember being in math class my senior year, and it was a class that was mixed with seniors and juniors. And one of those math classes, I opened a brand new bag of baby carrots and put an entire jar of Skippy on my desk <laughs> and just dipped and... And you was crunching the whole time. In the middle of class. And I was in, like, the back corner yeah. because I was good uh-huh, at it, like, uh-huh. so my teacher didn't think I needed to be up front. So it was only disturbing to a couple people, but I also didn't care because it was my senior year and I was hungry. Oh my god, senior year English, <laughs> I sat next to my best friend Alexa, still my, <laughs> still my best friend to this day, we're still like traveling together and like we live together and we'll live together again, like, uh, but we sat in like the back corner and... I used to bring, you know, those like baby bell cheeses. Yes. And they're they're encased in this the red wax. wax. I would play with it all. Oh the my time. god! I that was the original fidget toy. Like yeah. Fidget spinners go away. Mm-hmm. Get yourself some baby bell. Because <laughs> you open that, you eat the cheese, and then you just smush it and hold it in your hands until it's warm. 
It's and then you can just shake the wax. And oh my a god, toy. it was so much fun to just that like, and the uh, and I played. The, I'm sure the, my uh, teacher did not appreciate it, but I, I, I did would, well in class. I would argue to say that Five Gum was also our high school the rapper's fidget ah. spinner because we would peel the foil, the sticker yeah, yeah. foil, and decorate our calculators and notebook with it and ah. all that stuff. I want to put out a poll for those for those for those couple things like what did you play with like. Well, I don't know if that's even a fair... We can't do a poll for that, right? Because then we'd have to guess. Let's just ask. What people did when they were ADD in high school? Yeah, what was your favorite... Let's just, let's just put it out as a question. What, what was your favorite thing to fidget with when you, <laughs> when were, you were... bored in class. When you were, yeah. I mean, and for me, that kept me focused more. I'm, I am of the mind that something in your hands can totally help your focus as long as you're not staring at it the whole time. Yeah. Especially fidget spinners. If you're just like, ooh, spin, 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 doing tricks, like that's not helping you. But if you're one of the people that needs to like flick something and that... That's me. Yeah, that takes away your like bounciness. Yeah. And well, lets you focus. I mean, it's totally worked for me. Yeah. I did like my pencil a lot. Oh my God. The Clicking topic the that pens. I... Yeah. That's me. The topic that I was Sorry, gonna <laughs> bring up was a prom actually um, that's like the hollywood number one favorite uh, high school scene so what were your prom experiences like so as the gay friend <laughs> i went to quite a few i figured i figured it would be um, that way but yeah i mean i i am also like every jew dances at bar mitzvahs oh that's right so when we're 13 and even like because we have friends that are 13 like basically it starts at 12 and it ends at like probably 15 mm-hmm. is when you're pretty much done unless you have family members um so for your like middle school years you're put in a room full of other jews that love to dance <laughs> like it's it's like all of the fun of school dances without any of the judgment because everyone's just there to have a good time and it's a small group of people that you totally grew up with and like if you went to Hebrew school with someone by that point you're pretty much like a dysfunctional family yeah so yeah so I danced all the time and then uh yeah it was just fun like when we I guess we started having like formals in ninth grade yeah ninth grade formal yeah we had like an eighth grade dance too, but yeah. it wasn't a formal. We had school dances that everyone was invited to, but then ninth. No, actually, we only had formal. Formal was the only uh, school dance that we did in high school, except the rockathon. But did... that was a fundraiser event. Yeah, my middle school did fundraiser events like that, but like multiple per year. We had a mm-hmm. winter dance. We no. had like a yeah. We did maybe. Our three high school or four had fall formal, and the other high school had like winter ball or something. That, so. I think it was just like it was such a good morale thing like getting mm-hmm. all the kids together and the teachers would come and chaperone and they dance a little bit too and they would have it in like the it would be it was like a cafeteria cafetorium is it where it's like the gym slash cafeteria sure so like you would be all out on the floor like dancing and then you could like go in the back and there was like a pizza line so yeah. you would get, like, a slice of pizza. Our gym drink. was down the hall from our cafeteria, so we, they would just decorate the one hallway and have, block everything else off. And, yeah. But we people had always found their too, way but... into other parts of the yeah. high school. I my went to was, junior was year cool. with just my friends. And then senior year, I went with a really close friend of mine, Josh. Um, he swooped in for the save um, last minute for me. <laughs> 
Um, but actually, I wasn't asked to any of my proms. I did a promposal. <gasps> Shut up! Did you really? Um, I helped with a promposal. It was I never a digital promposal. I'll say that. But um, I, I went in Microsoft Paint and I drew. <laughs> Oh, I shoot, drew a I picture lied. of like it was like a stick figure thing, but it was like me kneeling and like with like one of those boxes, like a wing box, and like her standing there and in the box it was just like wanna go to prom <laughs> <laughs> And I said that to her and yeah, that was my Are you ready for this? Talk about PTSD. I had one promposal. One. Yeah. It wasn't for either of my proms. It was for um, the prom of my younger-than-me boyfriend at the time, my ex. And he waited for me and my sisters to come home from a concert. And he lined my street and cul-de-sac with glow sticks and arrows pointing to my driveway. Uh And then on the driveway spelled out prom. And it was really cute and sweet. And it was great. And then um, he broke up with me a week before prom when we were supposed to be meeting at the flower shop to pick out our matching corsage and boutonniere. And I didn't get to go to that prom with him. He bought my dress off me, though, because I spent money on it and was very upset about that. (laughs) So that's one of my traumatic stories. Um, Um, So we're going to end on a positive note here, start to uh, wrap some things up. Um, One of the biggest points that we talked about today was the financial issues of back to school. And there are actually a ton of ways that you can give back to your school district locally. And the first one is really reach out to, I'm sure you know teachers, reach out to them. I have a friend that uh, their school's going through a budget crisis right now and they are not getting their first paycheck for the, they're not getting a paycheck for the first month of school. Oh my God. Yeah. So until they figure out, I, I don't know if it's a contract or what, I, or just the budget didn't go through. I'm not sure. But I know that she has been putting all this money out for her classroom. She's not going to get a paycheck for for a month. That's so, that's oh, most that's, teachers that I know are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, so she made an Amazon wish list and just sent it out and was like, can you help me buy these things for my classroom? Which a lot of people do. Um, There's also um, donate.org and adopt a classroom where you can okay. go and you can find local classrooms and teachers that have posted that way. Um, and you can donate supply or money. I actually know some celebrities do stuff like that. They go and find people's yeah. wish lists or teachers' wish lists and buy them all the supply that they need. Donorschoose.org is another one. I think that, I think that's one, yeah. That's one that um, Donors Choose has a lot of things that, uh, as a teacher, when you're making them, and this is just public school, mm-hmm. um, you can look for things that will match. So, like, sometimes... Like, as a music teacher, there might be, like, a Yamaha Instruments matching program where when you go on, it might say, like, for the first $1,000, we'll match dollar for dollar, something like that. Um, oh, wow. So, Donors Choose is a, usually a very good uh, platform for teachers to to go on. I know that in Philly, I think it was Kevin Hart. Yep. One, one year. Uh, he bought, like... And I think Will Smith did this one year, too. They just went on and funded all of the Phillies. uh, School district stuff, yeah. I know the one year Kevin Hart bought, like, 250 computers or something like that Mm -hmm. for a district. That may be an exaggeration, but, yeah. As part of Donor Shoes' uh, process, once it's funded and the teacher gets it, they are supposed to, like, take some pictures of it in use 
and the kids are supposed to write like a thank you letter. So you, you usually, um, unless it's at like the busiest time of the year, <laughs> sometimes you might have to wait for it because you know it gets crazy. But um, usually you get like a nice feedback where you might get an email that just says like there was an update here and and this is like the thing that you help fund in in use here and mm -hmm. here's the kids like appreciating it so and then another really nice. good way is um i don't know if many i don't know if a lot of people like our generation and younger have heard of this but box tops my mom used to cut them off oh, we yeah. used to cut them out all the time and they're actually box tops for education right and they're actually moving to a digital form now so they have an app they still accept the cutout Ooh, ones nice. but now you just scan the barcode on a box tops qualified product and Ooh. you pick the school you want it to go to or you can pick it like spread out and um, that's a really good way to give back to your school districts mm -hmm. as well. And then one other big thing that I read, like you said, reach out to other teachers. I actually read online that you can actually reach out to those school districts too. Yes. And some school districts allow you, they won't give you kids' names, but like if a lot of kids have like lunch money debts and you wanna donate like a couple hundred to mm -hmm. pay those down, they'll divvy it up evenly amongst all the kids. Um, a lot of the time they'll get, they'll ask for new books or old stuff and, um, and like you said earlier, things go on sale around this time of view for like 25 cents, like yeah, notebooks for 25 just cents, drop it off. a box no of 100 pencil or no something. Right. a pallet of paper. Oh my God. No. That's like gold. Not in the slightest. It's so easy to give back to your community. And as somebody who thinks education is really, really should be invested in as a way to make, lead to a better future too. Mm -hmm. It's something that I, that I, you know, I really feel strongly about. I do the box top stuff and it's, yeah. it's great. A uh, tip for the box tops. If you want to make your teacher's life so much happier, cut them around the, <laughs> the, the like, dotted lines. Yeah. Do not just rip them off because not all of the, they won't accept all of them unless they're perfectly cut. cut so, yeah. oh, the teacher, I, I knew a teacher that collected them for the school. Like they were like the teacher in charge of it and they would have like a day where they would invite their friends over and like have wine or something. And they would all like just sit with scissors and cut all the ones that were just ripped off. Like if you had a minute. It sounds incredibly annoying, but like with a glass of wine and some popcorn, yeah, you it just sounds do it. incredibly it's, it's cathartic. Not like, it's not a the end of the world but like if you have time to do that do it do it for them do that for your yeah. teacher while you're helping out it. take the next step yeah so really i mean there's a, there's tons of ways even mm -hmm. there's some apps like those ebates where you uh yeah mm -hmm. you scan your receipt from a store and it usually gives you a kickback and like you get some money for it there's ones that are developed for schools and organizations so if your school is part of that and you don't care about like those ebay rewards for yourself um or sometimes you probably can double up on the receipt but yeah like you you go to a store any store you take a picture of your receipt mm -hmm. and if you're signed up with that school it can give them a few cents every time and that turns into a few hundred dollars a year if you get all the parents doing it that's great so yeah so let's uh let's wrap up with a couple a couple of uh a couple school related questions so we'll start with one real basic one what was your favorite subject in school? Mine was math all the way through and through. Yeah. Because I knew it and I loved it. Yours was obviously music all the way through yeah, probably. and through. I mean, I I loved so many things. <laughs> I was the nerd. Like, I loved writing. I loved math. <laughs> I, as long as it didn't take up an entire day to complete something, because I did so much that that was, like, too much time, I loved it. 
So, but yeah, music is definitely my, my main focus. And last question will be, what's something that you do to give back to your local school district, whether it's going to those fundraisers nights that they do at local restaurants, or you donate directly to the school or teachers, you know, yep. let us know what you do. Maybe it'll give us a new idea on what we can do or other viewers and listeners can do as well. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. You can comment these, your answers to these questions on the Facebook post in our video. You can search us on Facebook at Millenniating. I spelled it in the beginning. I'm not going to do it again. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-T-I-N-G. Dan did it for me. And you can find me also on my Facebook page, Gabrielle Bellardo, or on Instagram at Gabrielle Bellardo. Follow and comment. Let us know what you guys think. Cool. Peace out. Bye.